0: light treason news everyone pop culture politics and a sprinkle of treason i am your host allison kilkenny and i want to be honest with you guys it is day mm, let's say 23 in quarantine self-quarantine here in new york city and shit is getting weird (laughs) like what is time does time have meaning anymore what day is it i only know because i'm recording this show it's Sunday, by the way, if you're listening to it today. If you waited a day, it's probably Monday, maybe even, dare I say, Tuesday. Don't panic. Check your calendar for your specific day. I personally am losing track of time and, like, what time is it? Oh, um, wow, three hours just passed and it felt like 30 seconds. <laughs> what is going on? Um. <laughs> uh. And as such, I forgot to ask anyone to co-host with me. And suddenly it was Saturday, which I'm going to be honest, I usually prefer to record on a Saturday, but I was like, oh shit, I didn't ask anybody. I'm sure I could have grabbed somebody last minute, but you know what? I feel pretty dang comfortable hosting this thing on my own. So we're going to do that. Um, God, the cats are going nuts. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about what my experience has been living in an apartment where we have four cats. I have two. I'm not insane, okay, I have two. And one of my roommates has a cat and the other one has a cat. So we have four cats in total. (coughs) Shit is cray being around them this much. And I'm pretty sure they've started to turn on us as well because I think cats really, really value their alone time. And the first couple days, they were like, cool, you're around more. You can pay attention to me, lavish me with attention and love. I'm into this. And now we're we're, what, like we're deep in week three, and I'm pretty sure they're like, when are you going to get the fuck out of our house? Do you have a job anymore? If you don't have a job, that's cause for concern, because you're the people who buy our food. So how about you put on some pants... Go outside and get a fucking job. It's that kind of judgment I'm feeling from the cats. Does that make sense? Pet owners, do you feel like, I don't want to hear from dog people. Y'all can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I uh, love you. I love dogs. I'm um, talking to the cat owners out there. Has your cat start started to turn on you? Am I losing my grip on reality? Um, these are all questions. So because like, 90% of my daily activity is staring at my cats. I've started to notice that they are engaged in a rich social life, which is surprising because I every time I would get up and put on my dumb little outfit and go to work, I would be like, oh, you're just going to sleep all day. Maybe wake up occasionally to groom yourselves. Cool. What a fucking boring existence. But now that I'm around them more, I'm like, oh, my God, they have like a little routine First of all, they like each other way more than they ever led us to believe. I thought my cats, Penny and Desmond, had, like, this insane rivalry with my roommate clothes Cat, whose name is Joni. These are a lot of names I'm throwing at you guys, and I don't expect you to remember any of them. There's another little cat named Joni, and I, for the longest time, thought they had this really intense rivalry, but now that I'm around them more, they're little fucking friends. They, like, take naps together. They play with each other. And I'm like, oh, my God, you little shits. Every time I came home and I was like, my poor babies, have you been fighting all day? They were romping around, having a grand old time. On top of that, on top of the, like, inter-apartment dynamics that they've been lying to me about, there is a cat, a stray cat, who has been coming into our backyard area. By the way, when I say backyard, I'm not wealthy. There's like a little cement patio. (laughs) This is now my definition of wealth. Do you have a backyard? If you have a backyard, you are an upper one percenter. You are part of the problem. Bernie Sanders is coming for you. We don't have like a grassy backyard. We have like a little (coughs) cement square in the back. So that I occasionally stagger out onto to get some vitamin D. So... There's a stray cat who has made a little nest out there, including like, I went out there the other day and there was just a giant bone, about, I would say, half the size. Well, that that doesn't sound giant. It was a large bone, about half the size of my forearm. There was just a bone with some meat still on it back there. And then little like odds and ends that it had collected like a serial killer collecting tokens from its victims. So it has a full nest back there. I was like, cool, cool, cool. But my window in my bedroom faces this cement square. So therefore faces this stray cat as it's like doing its daily routines. And my cats are like obsessed with this cat. And they're just like watching it, probably imagining what their lives could have been if they were stray cats and outside all the time. Maybe a little afraid, like, oh, you know, freedom, but like terrible freedom. Um, So I have been obsessed watching them watching this cat. So like it's become my little soap opera that I watch every day. And I'm like, do they like each other? Do they hate each other? Oh, my God. Is the stray cat going to come up to the window? It's very exciting. So this has made me realize I'm going insane because I've I call it cats of our lives. It is a soap opera. I get very excited to watch it every day, <clears throat> but also I'm very aware that we're not even into a month-long quarantine, and I'm fully cracking up, and I i should say, I am, I describe myself as an introverted extrovert, so there is definitely a large part of my personality where I'm an introvert. I thrive being alone, but... I also hit a breaking point where I'm like, I gotta see people! I'm not a pure introvert. I feel like this is really the moment of the pure introvert. They don't miss interaction at all. This could go on for years and they would be fine. I'm definitely not those people. Um, de- like I definitely texted my friend at 4 o'clock in the evening a couple days ago and said, I miss bars. So, not a pure introvert. Um, but I'm reminding myself of... <laughs> One of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons, when Bart breaks his leg during the summer and it's a rear window send up and Marge is describing his like descent into madness. And she's like, Bart is becoming isolated and weird. And that's how I feel. I feel like Bart in that. And then she looks at the window and he sees her and he hisses, it's very funny. It's very, very funny. Um, Do go check out that episode. Also watch Rear Window. Uh, that shit slaps, and it still holds up, surprisingly. Still very scary. Ugh, the moment the neighbor looks up and sees Jimmy Stewart look at him. Forget it. One of the scariest moments in cinema history. Uh, on that note, we are in the pop culture section. We are going to get to our recommendations shortly. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to thank someone, and I also wanted to read some of your Patreon questions and comments. I posted deep in the night uh yesterday because i i suddenly sat straight up and was like oh my god i forgot to post for my patreon members send your questions we'll read them on light trees and news i got rid of the one dollar tier so it's five dollars and higher there now so anybody can ask questions and i'll read them on the show so first of all i wanted to thank kellen who sent a beautiful $50 donation right when the quarantine was started and starting? And it was very, very much uh, needed and appreciated. And if you're able to send a donation right now, uh, if you can't do like a monthly membership at my Patreon, you can go to lighttreason.news, smash that donate button, and do a one time donation. Every little bit helps, guys. Don't ever be like, oh, but I can only send $5. You know what? $5 is beautiful. Uh, If you are able to do $5 a month, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. Guys, I don't know if you've been watching the news. Shit is rough right now Uh, all over the country, all over the world. But uh, especially in New York City, uh, it's not been great. It's constant sirens. It's very scary. Um, Your girl's out of work. Everybody's out of work right now. Everything closed down. So any money you can send, much appreciated. So, Kellen, thank you so much. That was really, really lovely. So, over at my Patreon, um, first question is from Shem, which is very uh, weird for me because Shem is my in-real-life friend. And I don't know what this says about me. It's probably not great. But I am always surprised when my real-life friends support anything I do. Now, that sounds bad. But you know what I mean. In terms of, like, going out of their way to... Be like, what are you doing? How can I financially support? Because I'm friends with a lot of poor artists who can't afford to do that. So what I'm saying is it's very, very nice that my in-real-life friend, Shem, is a supporter of mine. So Shemi, thank you. So Shem writes, if you were to write a movie, I love this question, by the way. If you were to write a movie, what would it be? Genre? Logline? All that jazz. This is not quarantine content. Just a fun question Uh, I'd ask regardless. That's a great question, Shem. By the way, I want to know what you guys would say. What's your movie? and uh, Genre and logline. Logline is just... uh, Sorry, Shem's using some insider terms here. Logline is just a very, very short synopsis of what the film's about. It's usually one or two sentences. Two sentences, you're, you're pushing your luck, mister. It should be a sentence so <clears throat> great question if if you have a answer you want to share hashtag light treason pod um, or I'm sorry what what hashtag do I use where am I uh, light treason pod is our handle on Twitter yeah light treason pod we're fine we're fine everybody uh, let me know so if I were to write a movie what would it be okay I am a huge fan of post-apocalypse, so I think you would have to be something like that in the spirit of Mad Max, Fury Road. Um, And the logline would be, um, it's the end of the world as we know it, but not in a funny way. That's the logline. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it, but not in a fun way. That's the logline. Um, name, name of the movie, uh, would probably be, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Good. Do we all want to see it? I want to see it. So, uh, great question. Thank you, Shem. Brian writes in, since many of us are stuck inside during the stupid version of the stand, oh, can I please just change my name? of my movie very quickly to stupid version of the stand. That is so funny, Brian. Um, and then Brian writes, not me. My job is considered essential. Oh boy, Brian, I hope, uh, I hope you're being as safe as you can be. And I hope your boss is not an asshole and lets you wear a mask. I thought I'd point out something I just learned today that my favorite movie, 1990s, 1998's living out loud, starring Holly Hunter and Danny DeVito is available to rent on YouTube. Obs, if your income is hurting because of the crisis, feel free to wait. But if you can, this is a really great movie. It's kind of like As Good As It Gets, except not super overrated. Holy shit, Brian. And then they write, shots fired. Shots fired indeed. Take that, as good as it gets. Many, many, many years later, fuck you guys. Uh, I don't really remember as good as it gets. I remember liking it when I saw it. I remember being very confused when it was nominated for a Golden Globe and Best Comedy, because I was like, was that a comedy? But you know, not many comedies are made, uh, and even fewer are recognized by awards ceremonies, so they, they pick what they can get. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, Brian, thank you for the recommendation. And I can't comment. I've never seen Living Out Loud. Maybe I'll check it out. But guys, the moral of the story is we love to get your recommendations. If you're like, I don't have a question for you, Allison. I don't give a shit about you. I just listen to this podcast because I don't want to delete it from my iPhone. First of all, fuck you, buddy. What an attitude. But secondly, you don't have to ask me a question, you little shit. You can send a recommendation, which is great. Uh, And I'll read it on the show. So... What else did I want? Oh, I haven't given any recommendations. Holy shit, guys. My brain. So uh, if you're new to the show, the show works this way. It's divided into thirds. We, we give our pop culture recommendations in the first part of the show. Then we'll tackle our bad news stories. And then we'll end things on hopefully an optimistic note, although that is getting harder and harder to do every week, which is a fun fact about my job. But I I managed to dig up some good news. So while we're in the recommendation section, I've mentioned this previously on the show. I have to explain it up top before I give any recommendations. Otherwise, I will seem fully off the rails. I am currently working my way through... uh, Vulture had a very uh, cool article about the 50... I think it's the top 50 horror films that are available on Netflix right now. And, you know, your girls try not to spend too much money. So I was like, ooh, I don't have to buy any movies. They're all on Netflix. Let me go through this list. So I've been working my way through many horror films during a pandemic, which I wouldn't recommend for your mental health. I have been getting soups high every night and watching horror movies that scare me to the point where I have to lock my bedroom door. That's what I've been doing. I've been having crazy dreams. Anyway, um, so I in in this list, in working my way through this list, I have some recommendations of some of my favorite movies I've seen uh, going through the Vulture list. So again, these are all on Netflix. The Eyes of My Mother uh, is a black and white horror film. Um, I was about to say in the spirit of a certain film, but that will definitely be a spoiler. It is not really jump scares, which I really, really appreciate, because if I've learned one thing in going through this list, it's that so many horror films rely on jump scares to scare the audience. I consider it cheating. You just did a quick edit and a really loud noise, and I am responding to the noise, not anything that's like psychologically scary. It's cheating. It does scare people, but not in... A deep way. So The Eyes of My Mother does not do that. (laughs) It does not rely on jump scares. Um, And I'll say as a general disclaimer slash trigger warning for all of these, uh, I might not remember specific stuff that happens during it, but let's just say general trigger warnings for um, violence, body horror stuff. So if any of that like squicks you out, don't watch these films. Uh, but the eyes of my mother, are great, great, really haunting. I've been thinking about it for a while, which, um, you know, usually is a sign that I connected with it on a deeper level. If I, I keep thinking about certain th- uh, scenes and I keep thinking about the eyes of my mother. So that one's highly recommended. <laughs> then I saw event horizon and look, I'm not really a sci-fi fan. Uh, generally speaking, of course there are exceptions, I don't know if I recommend Event Horizon, but what I found very funny about Event Horizon (laughs) is that their idea of the future is people being able to smoke on spaceships, which I think is very, very funny. And my God, goals, right? Hashtag goals. May we all be able to smoke inside uh, in the future. I'm just kidding. I have bad lungs. Please don't do that. Um, I physically couldn't stand to be in Las Vegas more than a few hours. I was like, I can't breathe. Uh, everybody's smoking, but yeah, again, I pretty sure I fell asleep during Event Horizon. Don't hate me. Um, I'm sure a lot of people love it. It's cool. I mean, it's, it's really, um, wild that so much of the sci-fi aspects held up, but the aspects that don't hold up are very, very funny. Like uh, Jason Isaacs, smoking in every single scene, on a spaceship, on a spaceship, on a spaceship in space, smoking a cigarette. Beautiful. Um, Another horror film that doesn't rely too much on jump scares. And by the way, if I say that and then there are one or two in the movie, don't tweet me, okay? I'm not talking about one or two jump scares, I'm talking about horror films that rely on it solely jump scares to scare the audience I don't care for Uh, the pretty thing that lives in the house is uh, another movie that is very uh, haunting has stayed with me really really beautiful visual moments Um, and an interesting and I don't think this is a spoiler an interesting idea for a horror movie which is showing us the lives of ghosts before they're ghosts so exploring the trope of the beautiful young bride the beautiful young woman who haunts your house and like who was she what happened to her and we like get to see who she was as a person which is very cool and i i don't think i've ever seen in a movie so that's the pretty thing that lives in the house check that out um there is oh what is her name she's from luther um one moment guys i can't have people vamp anymore ruth wilson is the lead in uh the pretty thing that lives in the house she if you watched luther played alice she's a phenomenal actress i got so excited when i saw it was her i was like oh my god it's ruth guys gather around it's ruth and she's wonderful. She's always wonderful, but she's like very, very good in this film. It's a well made film. When I find me a horror film that's well made, I'm like, Italian Chef Kiss. Mwah. Love it. Elevate that shit to a higher level. Honor horror. Come on with your jump scares. Get the fuck out of here. Um, and then I just saw a really, really good film off of this list last night. Called Super Dark Times. Um, and <laughs> I, it occurred to me again, super high, while I was watching it. I was like, this is like South Park. This is like if Stan and Kyle fell out in the most spectacular way imaginable. I don't know. Has anyone seen it? That was just a thought I had. It's four young kids. One of them reminds me of Cartman. I don't know. Does that make sense? Anyway, go watch Super Dark Times again. Um, trigger warning for uh, intense violence., um, but it it's really well made, really compelling characters, really good actors. It's a fucking, it's a solid film. It happens to be a horror movie. So if anyone has seen any of those movies and wants to talk about them, please tweet me because this is, you know, not only am I in quarantine, I'm watching films that sometimes are like decades old and I'm like, I want to talk about them now. Oh, man. And if you guys think I'm insufferable now, I think the next thing I'm about to tackle is, <sighs> it's finally going to happen, you guys. I'm going to watch The Sopranos. I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch The Sopranos. And I'm, I'm going to talk about it. If you're like, but she won't talk about it. I am going to talk about it. And you're just going to have to sit through it. So um, suck that. How do you feel about that? I hope you feel good about it. Because it's that time of the show, guys. I'm sorry. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. Oh, wait, I'm already breaking my one sacred rule on the show, which is I am bringing another pop culture recommendation into the bad news section. Forgive me, everyone. Nobody cares. Um, If you are a fan of horror and if you specifically are a fan of Train to Busan, which, by the way, if you are a horror fan and you're like, Allison, I've never heard of that fucking movie, Or I've heard of it and I've never seen it. Go check it out. It's one of the best zombie movies ever made. Um, And a huge update for fans of Train to Busan. Train to Busan 2 Peninsula uh, just had a trailer drop. So go check that out. It looks dope, I'm so excited. Okay, last recommendation, sorry. We're in the bad news section. Here's your fucking bad news, you little freaks. So we uh, Light Reason News is broadcasting to you from New York City during the pandemic. Shit has gotten very, very bad. More people have now died from the coronavirus, COVID-19, than died in 9-11. So that's something. I should just say that for the bad news section. <laughs> That's pretty bad. And we're hearing from EMT workers, from funeral workers, that they are completely overwhelmed. They, they have nowhere to put the bodies. There are so many bodies. And um, we've heard from doctors, nurses, that you know we are rapidly approaching a time when they will have to make very difficult decisions, like who gets this breathing machine? We have a 30-year-old and we have an 80-year-old with underlying medical conditions. We have one breathing machine. We got to give it to the 30-year-old. Um, and that's that's a horrible position, obviously, for everyone, especially the 80-year-old. But to put doctors and nurses in that position, too, is immoral. It's horrible. Um, and it's just the stark reality of, of um, the botched Trump administration's approach to this pandemic. Um Everybody was caught really flat-footed because the Trump administration didn't take health experts seriously back in January when they said, we're watching this situation in Wuhan, China. That is really spiraling out of control, and it's going to be an issue, and we should be ready. Didn't listen to them. Didn't take it seriously. So now we don't have breathing machines in New York City, (laughs) which is wild. Um, And so I wanted to talk about guys, the absolutely bizarre response from Trump, from the Trump administration, um, and his comments about specifically these uh, breathing machines. So he was talking about um, Jared Kushner's comments that he made the day before about how the federal stockpile is purportedly quote-unquote, not supposed to be states' stockpiles, which, you know, confused a lot of people because they were like, what are you saying? Then who are they for? You're the federal government, and you're supposed to, you know, take care of states in their time of need. That's why we have things called a state of emergency. (laughs) It's, you know, the federal government offering aid to states. Um, So Trump was commenting on that, and he said, frankly, many of the states were totally unprepared for this, we have a stockpile. It is a federal stockpile. We can use it for states or we can use it for ourselves. We do not use it for the federal government. We have a very big federal government. <laughs> it's like someone taught a bot to speak. Um, but made the bot stupid? Does that make sense? Like only gave the bot like the Joe Rogan experience to listen to and Alex Jones and was like, now make a statement in front of millions of Americans. It's like the bot did that. Does that make sense? Anyway, so this confused a lot of people because who is ourselves? We can use it for states. We can use it for ourselves. Who's ourselves? Does he mean the Trump family? Is the Trump family gonna use thousands of breathing machines? Do they need those? I don't think they need those. Very confusing. And then to immediately follow it with, we do use it for the federal government. Okay. Who do you think the federal government is? It seems like he doesn't really understand, and I know this is going to be very hard to believe. It seems like he doesn't understand what the role of the federal government (laughs) is. Uh, So that was a very confusing comment, very upsetting comment. Um, People here in New York City were like, is he going to let us die? And the answer to that, by the way, is yes. If anybody was wondering, um, then there was a very, very, uh, tense exchange with a reporter named, and I apologize if I butcher this pronunciation, uh, Zhang, uh who's a CBS news white house correspondent. Um, and she dared to ask Trump to clarify Kushner's use of the word ours. What does that mean? Um, and he, of course, uh, oh, and by the way, I know this will be shocking to hear. He did not respond well to a pointed question from a woman of color. Um, he said, oh, what are you asking me? I mean, what's that? A gotcha you know what ours means? United States of America. That's what it means. So she responded, so it means the states? And he said, our. Our. It means the United States of America. And then we take that, our, and distribute it to the states. Okay. That's not what anyone said, by the way. Um, so she said, then why did he say it's not supposed to be state stockpiles that they then... He cuts her off because we need it for the government. What? And we need it for the federal government. What? So then she asks, who are you giving it to if it's not to the states? Great question. He responds, to keep for our country because the federal government needs it too, not just the states, when he, meaning Kushner, says our, he's talking about our country, he's talking about the federal government. So then he continues, I mean, it's such a basic, simple question, and you try to make it sound so bad, <laughs> you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Uh, and then he said that she asked your question in a very nasty tone, which he loves to call women nasty. Make of that what you will. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if that sounded like a bunch of word salad, it is. It, what the fuck does that mean? We need it for our federal government. Right, but the federal government has it to d- give to the states. So who is our, who is ourselves? You and your rich little friends? Is that what you mean? Is that why you got in your feelings when you were asked about it? No oh boy. Um, also in similar news, let's talk about uh, Trump pushing uh, hydroxychloroquine. Again, sorry if I'm pronoun- butching the pronunciation of any of this. Uh, As a cure for COVID-19, even though there's no evidence that's true and uh, it has major potential side effects. So Trump has been saying there's a rumor out there, which he loves to say. He loves to say, like, people are talking about this. There's a rumor out there um, when he is the one pushing the rumor or he is the one talking about it, he likes to present an artificial consensus to back up any ridiculous statement he's making. So it seems like he's speaking for the majority, but he's not. Um, so he's pointed to this hydroxychloroquine as a possible cure, urging people to take it, um, despite assessments from medical experts that it might not be, effective there's no there's no evidence that it is this is a drug that has long been used to treat malaria rheumatoid arthritis and lupus I got a frantic text from a friend the other day who has rheumatoid arthritis and was like I'm really scared that there's going to be a run on this drug now because Trump's out there spouting a bunch of bullshit about it being a cure to COVID-19 and then there won't be any left for me and like She truly, she can't function without this drug. So very small preliminary studies have suggested it might help prevent coronavirus from entering cells and possibly help patients clear the virus sooner. But the truth of it is that the drug has major potential side effects, especially for the heart. And large studies are underway to see if it's safe and effective for treating COVID-19. I find this all really ironic because Trump has been out there saying that the cure can't be worse than the sickness for quarantining, which is ridiculous, obviously. But here he is pushing this drug that might actually be worse. The side effects might be worse. The treatment might be worse than COVID-19 if it's harming your heart, if it's harming you with these major side effects. Um. And it's like, look, there's absolutely no reason it shouldn't be studied further, but it's irresponsible to have him out there telling people it's the cure. He is actually Jude Law's character in Contagion right now. (laughs) He's pushing this drug as a magical elixir that will save your life. And we just, the truth of it is, we don't know enough about it right now. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. I'm just saying that it's irresponsible to do it this early when we know there are these major side effects. I mean, think about people with underlying conditions taking this shit when they're already vulnerable, you know? Immunocompromised. Maybe they have bad hearts and they're gonna take this drug and maybe fucking die because Trump has been out there spouting his bullshit about it. Insanity. It is tough when I don't have anybody to respond to this stuff because then I have to respond to it and I realize I sound insane. <laughs> like, you know, I think it's insane. Uh, I think uh, I just told you about the story, and now I'm doubling down on it. Anyway, I assume that you guys are all shouting back excitedly whenever I'm talking. So also in bad news, um, let's talk about what's happening to the army right now. Um, so the army in early February warned the Trump administration that coronavirus could kill 150,000 Americans because that's the figure we're looking at now, which I think is really hard for people to comprehend because um, not a lot of people are familiar with the idea of exponential growth. Um, When you look at national death rates from COVID and you see 8,000, you're like, we can't get to one hundred fifty thousand, can we? Yeah, we can. <laughs> we probably will. Um, and it's it's an intense thing to consider. So, if the White House had heeded an Army warning nearly two months ago, it might have prompted earlier actions to prevent an outbreak um, that threatens to kill more Americans than two to four Vietnam wars. And by the way, they ignored a lot of these reports early on. But since then, thousands of National Guardsmen around the country have been deployed. There's some of the people on the front lines in contact with people who have contracted COVID. But while the federal government has called on them for frontline assistance in battling the pandemic, it's not giving them what they need to protect themselves, which is access to the military's health insurance. So approximately 20,000 guardsmen have been called up by the states to help deal with coronavirus. Um, They've been federalized on what's called Title 32 status, which puts them in command of their various state governors, but with the federal government paying costs. Um, But according to the National Guard's advocates and the U.S. Governors Association, the guardsmen are activated on orders that last 30 days. That puts them one single day shy of the requirement allowing the military health insurance system known as TRICARE, which is, uh, it's like Medicare for all in uniform, to cover them, which is a nice fuck you. And, like, by the way, I could spend the entire show, I could spend my entire day, literally all day, shitting on the Trump administration. But they're not alone in their mishandling of this. So did they ignore advice from January? Yes. But you know who else has been fucking up? Statewide leadership and citywide leadership. I don't know if you guys saw the governor of Georgia the other day, Brian Kemp saying, we only just learned people without symptoms could spread coronavirus. Um, We've known that for months. A lot of people on Twitter know that. (laughs) Why doesn't the governor of fucking Georgia know about it? Now, either he's being sincere, and he truly just learned that asymptomatic people can carry COVID, and he's stupid, or they've known about it since for months and they mishandled it so they're trying to cover their ass right now either you're dumb dumb or you're inept <laughs> so which one are you confessing to being so we understand the magnitude of this fuck up but guess what i'm not being a northern little elite about this fucking bill de blasio mayor of new york city said the same shit <laughs> he was like well we just learned that asymptomatic people can carry it William, we've known about this for a long time, sir. And it makes me worry that, are you being sincere? That Did you just learn that? Or have we known about this for months and months and months and uh, New York didn't shut it down as fast as they should have? By the way, people are still having parties and shit. So, <sighs> listen, I am anti-snitching, but if your neighbor's having a fucking party... Snitch on them. Snitch on those fools. They're going to get us all killed. Fuck that. Um, so an example of New York City really fucking up handling this. Let's talk about Rikers. I mean, and when... Please know when I say let's talk about Rikers, I'm talking about all prisons <laughs> in the United States right now. It's just that Rikers is an especially heinous example <clears throat> because the people who are at Rikers, not that anybody should be locked away have the key thrown away during a pandemic because that's inhumane regardless but I think it's important to note that people at Rikers are just being held until they can have due process so they they can go in front of a judge and figure out what's going to happen to them and usually um, they're being held for (coughs) like minor drug offenses and stuff so Rikers is incredibly overcrowded it's usually like non-violent drug offenders just waiting to go before a judge. And there is a full ass pandemic. Like they have been, there's these photos of pr- prisoners like putting signs up in the window that are like, COVID is here, we're dying. Um, the guards are sick. Like they are giving it to each other. It is a full on outbreak in, in Rikers. Um, and an aspect of all this that I don't think we've been talking about enough is in poor places in New York City, so the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, where I live, there's a lot of cases of asthma um, because our air sucks. So, and if you've lived here your whole life, you've been breathing in this air for, for years and years and years, your lungs are no bueno. So, COVID, as we know, uh, attacks primarily the lungs. Um, That's why a lot of people have been dying. Their lungs are filling with fluid. A lot of people here in New York City have inhalers to combat their asthma. It's been hard to get inhalers. If you are a prisoner in Rikers, um, you don't have your inhaler. So this is like a perfect storm to have people die. And everybody's been heaping praise on Andrew Cuomo for not being a total fucking idiot during all of this. But this is something he's a fucking idiot on. He's like done everything in his power to fight bail reform, which would get out a lot of these prisoners earlier. Um they should do a mass release of Rikers prisoners. Um it's absolutely inhumane to be to have them locked away like this, not receiving proper medical attention. And again. You know, these are people who are just being held until they can be processed. These, these are not like even the quote-unquote worst of the worst, even though it would obviously be immoral to do it to the worst of the worst, too. Listen, I know I've said it before, but I'm allowed to be negative in the bad news section. Trump really can't show us in clearer terms that he wants us to die, you know? Anybody who didn't adequately kiss the ring, he is leaving to die right now. And I don't know. I just hope people really, really remember that. Like the other day, Jonathan Carl asked Trump, can you assure New York that they will have the ventilators they need going into next week? Because remember, this is the week that health experts have said we're going to run out of ventilators. <clears throat> and he said, no. <laughs> They should have had more ventilators. What? And he said, we have a lot of states that need to be taken care of. Again, the subtext of that is states that I will win in November. Um. You know, like, dude can't be clearer. No one can accuse him of hiding his motives, right? Oh, boy, guys, that was a lot of bad But guess what? It's that time of the show. Here's your good news. (laughs) All right, some good news from China. Uh, Andrew Cuomo announced that China is sending a thousand ventilators to New York. So the president of the United States won't send us ventilators, but China will. Uh, I like this story because there's been a lot of racist bullshit happening since uh, the COVID pandemic. Asians, Asian Americans have been uh, really unfairly, hatefully targeted In the United States, there's been a spike in hate crimes against Asian people. It sucks. It's like a really scary time if you are uh, Asian or Asian American in the United States. Um, And it didn't help that the president of the United States kept calling it the Wuhan virus for so long, even though medical experts were like, please say COVID. Please say COVID. Please say COVID. It's racist to associate a virus with a region (laughs) or a race please stop saying that say COVID, uh, kept saying Wuhan and obviously COVID is now synonymous with China, which is dumb. I can't really say this enough. Uh, viruses just exist in nature. And a lot of the times they cross over into human population because of unsanitary food production. Um, we all remember mad cow, right? Um, Large-scale factory farming is bad for the environment, it's bad for the animals, it's bad for us. That's how viruses usually cross over into the human populace. That can happen anywhere. This time it just happened to happen in China. Um, and there's a lot of people in China too, right? So it popped off. But it could happen in any populous region. Look how it's popping off in New York City right now. We have a lot of people in New York City. We live on top of each other. We all ride on the subway together. It blew up in New York City for the same reason it blew up in Wuhan. That doesn't make China bad. That doesn't make Chinese people bad. Um, And it's stupid to lash out against a whole group of people because of a virus. Now, people are super scared right now. That's why they're doing that, but it doesn't excuse that. So I like this story because it's a positive thing that's happening. Um, We need ventilators in New York City very, very badly. For the reasons I explained at the top of this show, it's when we run out of them, it's going to put medical experts in a really horrible position where they'll have to pick and choose who gets a ventilator. So we really need a thousand ventilators right now. Trump and Kushner are keeping ventilators for themselves, apparently, <laughs> for ourselves. Who knows where those breathing machines are going? But thank you, China. Thank you for a thousand ventilators. Um, Very badly needed and a a, a nice, beautiful moment of solidarity, right? So also in solidarity news, this will be, and I promise you right now, the only time I ever say anything nice about a landlord on Light, Treason News. (laughs) Even though, look, I know we're all at the mercy of banks and some landlords just like rent out one building and they're not a huge part of the problem, blah, 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 okay? I'm talking about landlords that own like dozens of buildings and you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I'm talking about the big, bad, bad, bad landlords, okay? But here in Brooklyn, Mario Salerno, uh, who owns 18 apartment buildings, so he's like a pretty big landlord, just canceled rent for hundreds of tenants. Oh, Mario, I wish you were my landlord. (laughs) Our landlord has not canceled shit, but... Mario uh, said that he didn't want renters to stress about their payment during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, let's see if this stretches into August, how Mario's gonna feel about people not paying rent. Uh, But at the moment, that was really dope that he uh, didn't make people pay for April. So I applaud you, Mario. Man, I wish other landlords would uh, follow your lead. By the way, if you live in New York City, have you called Governor Cuomo's office today to demand a rent suspension? Didn't happen for April. Maybe we can get it for May through the summer. Um, you know, let them know. Let them know that you can't afford to to pay rent if you can't work. That makes sense, right? No work, uh, no rent you think we would have done that already? Um, we didn't, (laughs) we did not. So, um, yeah. How, how are you guys doing during all of this? Hashtag light trees and pod. You don't only have to just write in about happy stuff. If you want to like vent about what's happening, I'll read that on the show too. Uh, you know, if, if you want to just commiserate, that's okay. We don't got to be artificially happy about what's happening right now you know by the way can I just vent right now you guys um please stop tagging me in push-up challenges or any kind of challenge that makes me feel like I should be productive during this time I don't have to do shit it's a fucking pandemic I don't gotta write the next great American novel I don't got to, like, learn a skill. I want to knit. If I choose to knit and learn to knit, that's my choosing. But please stop asking me to, like, improve myself right now. Can we just unbrainwash ourselves from this capitalist bullshit where we always have to be working and striving and improving ourselves? And can I just be? Can I just be during a fucking pandemic? Did I break, bake bread? Yes. Okay. I baked so much fucking bread, but that was my choice. Okay. Tell me to do push ups during a pandemic, Elijah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Elijah, you weren't the only one. It was a bunch of people. Um, but yeah, like you can just, if you are doing nothing and you feel guilty, why? It's a pandemic. Do nothing, do more nothing. This is like a rare opportunity here in America where we don't have to be doing shit. Don't do shit. Oh, I should be working on my screenplay. This is me right now, okay? Oh, I should be working on my short, my pilot, my screenplay. Bitch, what? (laughs) I mean, if you do, great. If you're getting shit done, great. But if you're not, cool. It's fine. Can we all just chill? All right, sorry. Um, Just talking to myself. Oh yeah, so final good news. <coughs> I, I was sort of always going back and forth on this show about the effectiveness of wearing masks in public. And like, listen, the science is still out on it. Uh, but what we do know is that it's obviously really, really important for uh, first responders, for, for people in hospitals to wear the masks. It's really important for them because they are in close contact with very sick people all the time. So let's not hoard their masks. Let's not buy them online. If you, if you lucked out and you're like, I found a box and I'm going to, don't buy it. It's not for you. But the CDC has advised that everyone should wear masks in public right now. Because even if they're not foolproof, um, you know, something is better than nothing. Just be really careful when you put them on your face not to touch your face a bunch. Because obviously that's what we're trying to not do. <laughs> don't touch your fucking faces. So again, I'm talking to myself. So, because the CDC is now saying everybody should wear a mask when they're in public, um, there's been a bunch of very cool tutorials that have gone up online about how you can make your own masks. Now, at first, these tutorials were like, okay, you don't need anything. Just pull out your bolt of fabric and your sewing machine. And I was like, bitch, what? I don't, my bolt of fabric, my sewing machine. Listen, I watch Project Runway, but this ain't no Project Runway. I don't know how to do this shit. I used to know how to sew on a sewing machine many, many moons ago, but no longer. And then people were like, okay, don't worry. If you don't have your sewing machine, just hand sew it. And I was like, bitch, what? You want me to sew during a pandemic? That's not happening. I'm not going to sit there and sew a fucking mask. Listen, maybe I have a bad attitude, but I didn't want to do that. Don't worry wonderful update to the story you can make your own mask without sewing so I'm sure everybody has seen these tutorials but in case you haven't you can use a bandana and two hair ties uh if you just google bandana face mask you'll find the tutorials I did this it's super easy to do and if I can do it anybody can do it (laughs) I can't emphasize that enough bitch can't sew and didn't have to uh, it takes like five minutes. I used a little bit extra uh, filter that I just like put on the bandana as I was rolling it up or folding it up uh, to have a little more substance between uh, myself and the world. But that's just, you know, I got bad lungs. I got to be a little extra careful. And it works. I was walking around wearing it. And again, is it is it foolproof? no. Uh, if you do have a mask like that, every time you come back inside, you have to wash it. You have to wash your hands. Um, be really, really careful. Maybe have a few masks so you can like rotate them, uh, especially if you're going outside a lot, but something is better than nothing. Uh, that's where I'll come down on, on this. As soon as the CDC was like, you should wear masks in public. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, again, something is better than nothing, Early on, it was confusing because I don't know if you've noticed this. The CDC has been very confusing in their messaging about COVID and the masks. Um, There's a couple lines of of reasoning about that. Uh, We haven't heard from the CDC in a while. (laughs) But this tends to be what happens when the government guts agencies and cuts their funding. There's a lot of like confusion about the response to something like this. So we it's been like radio silent from the CDC during a time when they need them we need them very very much. They finally came out and said, "Okay, everyone needs to wear a mask" after months of saying, "You we don't know if the masks work." There's a theory that the reason they were doing that is because they didn't want there to be a run on face masks when medical professionals needed them. Guess what? It happened anyway. <laughs> And then you had really, really confusing messaging out there, and the masks were gone. So it was like, we don't know what to do. Um, but now that they have said this, everyone should wear a mask, at least there's an option like to make your own. Don't buy the ones that medical professionals need. They need those masks. Don't buy them. Don't buy them. Don't buy them. They're called the N95s because... They stop like 95% of viruses from entering the system, I think, (laughs) Uh, is the the reasoning behind that. Uh, But don't buy the N95 masks. Those are for healthcare workers. Make your own dang mask with, uh, they said a bandana. I stupidly got rid of all my bandanas. I used an old t-shirt. So they say you can use that. You can use like boxers. Don't use old boxers though that's gross um yeah you can use any like light fabric um because you don't want the mask to be too heavy but anyway have you guys been making your own masks let me see those little masks I want to see them oh some people have really fun masks like with fun patterns and I'm like good for you you know like have fun with it like pandemic but make it fashion you know uh I'm a big fan hashtag light trees and pod let me see those masks let me see your masks all right sorry uh guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. If you had thoughts, feelings, questions about anything on this episode, uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, let's get social up in here. Tell your friends about the show. You know, like people have so much time during the quarantine. They're like, what podcast should I listen to? Oh my god, have you heard Light Treason News? It's good. It's funny. Sometimes it's sad, but mostly it's happy. That's how you should describe the show verbatim uh yeah and i know you guys have t- been telling your friends about the show i really appreciate it it always makes my heart happy when someone's like my friend told me to listen to your show and i like it and i was like oh my god thank you uh if you are so inclined go to lighttreason.news, smash that donate button to keep us going patreon.com slash and kilkenny for as little as five dollars a month you get to ask questions on light treason news of course you can also email the show But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't really check that thing. I'll check it like once every few months. And sometimes there's a lot of messages. and I'm like, damn, I'm not going to read these. I'm just being honest with you. But if you go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny and sign up as a member, I, of course, will get to your questions first. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. I hope you're doing well. I know this is a scary time. We'll get through it. It'll be okay. Um, be easy on yourselves. If you're being super productive during the pandemic, that's great. If you've done jack shit, that's also great. You don't owe anything to anyone right now. Um, take care of yourselves. Uh, if you do something that makes you you feel better, whether it's exercise, whether it's not exercising, whether it's making stuff, that's great. Keep doing that. Also, let me know what you're doing that could be fun too. Can you tell I haven't had human interaction in a while? I'm like, literally message me about anything. I'm on Twitter all day. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Hashtag (laughs) pod. Guys, thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble.